What is up everybody? This is the Friday wrap up and my name is Jack Graham. And I'm Mac Rackers. And on this show, we wrap the week up with interesting facts, teachable moments and fun things. Fun things. Um, did you want to start or you want me to start? Here we go. All right, so my, I'm starting with a teachable moment. So this month we have been focusing on protein intake with our clients. Um, like we've said in previous podcasts, each month we focus on a topic and we sort of dive a bit deeper, make sure we hit those habits that we're trying to do and all that sort of stuff. And this month is protein. And just through a conversation I had with a client this morning, I just thought this was quite a good topic to talk about or good thing about protein to talk about because whenever people hear protein they think oh fuck I'm gonna get massive I'm gonna bulk up Mm -hmm. and especially women and it can't be further from the truth so in one of the calls I sort of broke it down a little bit and said you know protein as soon as you don't like eat protein the first thing that takes it is your organs not your stomach lining heart lungs every other organ in your body Mm -hmm. because it needs protein to operate and they're the most important things in your body. Then it goes to your ligaments, your tendons, um, a couple other bits and pieces in there. You could say cartilage and all that sort of stuff as well. Then it goes to your muscles. So whatever's left goes to your muscles. Yeah. And even then they don't, protein doesn't actually make your muscles bigger. It it might, it it helps them be healthy and a good quality muscle, but it doesn't actually grow them bigger. Does that make sense? Yeah, like it just supports their recovery. Yeah. And it's just funny how through marketing, all that sort of stuff, like through supplement companies and all that, like, you know, advertising protein. Yeah. Eat this protein and bulk up and all that sort of stuff. Now it's just, people just assume that protein makes you bulky. And it can't, it's just, it's that far from the truth and not even close to the truth. Like it, you can't just eat protein and bulk up. Yeah, which is kind of shitty too because I feel like a lot of women, like you said, avoid protein for that reason and then they're like negatively affecting all of their bodily functions. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, I don't want to be big and muscly. I want to be like toned. I feel like that's the word at mm. the moment. Yeah. And but like your heart health, like your heart is an organ or it's yeah. a muscle and you're depriving your heart of essential things it needs to do to keep you alive yeah and it just scares me how little protein people eat because they think it's going to make them bulky all because of advertising yeah you know what scares me i was talking to one of our clients the other day about um like diets and stuff and she mentioned how her sister's doctor told her for her to get her period back via losing weight, she had to cut out carbs. The a doctor, doctor told her that. The doctor told her. So ideally the doctor's, I assume, thought process is around her losing weight will bring back her period, mm. which likely, but also being underweight can cause you to lose your period as well. But also you need carbohydrates. I'm not just talking bread, like potatoes, pastas, rices, vegetables, fruit are all carbohydrates. Like what... I just don't understand that. <laughs> so just eat protein and fats Go on and you diet. should lose weight, which is probably the hardest way to lose weight. Yeah. That way. 
Yeah, you're restricting. It's such a restrictive diet. Yeah, which we just talked about like last week or something, didn't we? I've, I've totally lost track of where we even are, but about <laughs> cutting out foods yeah. and how bad it is to do that. Yeah. It's madness. Um, so to recap, protein doesn't make you bulky. Protein is a healthy thing you need to keep a healthy lifestyle and your body operating properly. And carbs don't make you fat. They just give you energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, excess of excess of food so makes you bulky, not yeah. protein. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it there. What do you got? Anyway, okay. So on Monday, it feels like it was an eternity ago because I feel like we haven't had a day off since an eternity ago. Which <laughs> but happens on every now and then. Monday, I listened to a really good podcast um, by the Food Medic. If anyone wants to listen to it, and just let me see what it's called. Female Brain Health and Alzheimer's Prevention with Dr. Lisa Moscone. So this Dr. Lisa has two books out, which I'm dying to read, but I have so much reading to do anyway for uni, um, about women's brain health and how important it is and the things that you should be doing, especially starting in midlife to prevent brain deterioration and Alzheimer's disease. So she, I think she started off saying how it's like two women to every one man have get Alzheimer's disease when mm -hmm. they get older. And then I think it's the opposite. A lot more men get heart disease. So yeah. each gender has their problems. But I just feel like there's not that much education around women's brains because they change a lot. Like hormones, like you get pregnant and it completely changes its structure. Your brain, when you get pregnant, your brain just like prunes off neurons that help you know how to do the things you already do like what example did i use the other day like walking in heels uh flirting attracting a mate because that's what you should be doing to try and have a baby like biologically that's your goal and then once you have a baby you don't need those talents <laughs> anymore so it your brain literally changes completely changes structure and you grow like new neuron connections and you are more alert because you need to listen for your baby you know when to feed your baby you instinctively know how to hold it and everything like that mm -hmm. so i feel like that's just completely disregarded so a woman's brain goes through a complete structural change and then again at menopause it does the same thing because you no longer need to be a carer Right? So I guess that's why, long story short, I guess that's why women, there isn't as much research around women's brains because it's too complicated, <laughs> you know? Um, but essentially what motivates Dr. Lisa to study neuroscience was both of her parents were, I forget what kind of scientists, but up there scientists, I think it was... Anyway, irrelevant. <laughs> and I think you said nuclear science. Yeah, some sort of nuclear science. I can't really remember though. And so she's been around science her whole life. And yet, for some reason, no one in her family really decided to study the health science. It was always like, I don't know what you call them, like chemistry, physics and all that. Mm -hmm. And women in her life, for as long as she can remember, always got Alzheimer's disease when they got older in her family I should say not just her life and she sort of became terrified the more she learnt about the brain and stuff through studying psychology like why is it why is it in, is it inevitable am I going to get Alzheimer's disease and because she was like from a young age exposed to Alzheimer's disease I feel like 
I've never been exposed to someone with Alzheimer's disease, have you? Yeah, I was going to talk about that once you're done. Um, and because of that exposure, she it motivated her to want to study neuroscience and find how she can prevent it because she doesn't want to like live her last 20 years or whatever with Alzheimer's disease. And essentially, <laughs> the way you can... There's no really way of telling whether you're going to get it or not. It just happens if you don't look after your brain slash body, mm. really. So her preventative measures, I guess, were like exercise and um, not even in high intensity exercise, just moving frequently every day. Every single day you should do some sort of movement. Um, eating plants, a lot of variety of plants. And she was saying how a lot of the study that she has done was around the Mediterranean diet and I feel like that's a very fad diet at the not fad in a bad way fad in the science world maybe mm. like a lot of studies being done on it and that is mostly plants plants that you grow yourself and then fish and some meat um, but I feel like a lot of Americans mostly and Australians as well don't really focus like we eat a lot of meat and a lot of processed carbs mm. like just, and then plants are like the last thing that comes to the plate. Yeah, yeah. And then there was some really good... So we've got... She's got exercise, sleep, and then the other... Th oh, did I, did I talk about sleep yet? No. Yeah. Exercise. Food. Food. And then the other point that she made like very clear that it is so important was sleep. So I think there was like a quote that she used. Like when you have REM sleep... That is your brain's only chance to have a shower, to have like a good wash. To have, it's the only time that your brain is not actively monitoring your body. Yeah. So every other minute, second of the day, your brain is actively monitoring your body. And then plus you put extra load on it by stress, work, remembering things. Um, and then REM sleep. So it's not even your whole sleep. It's just portions of your sleep is the only time your brain is fully off because that is when your body is like rigid, right? Yeah, you, you get a... Oh, keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's like, especially now, it's getting worse. Like the attention that people pay to sleep is getting even worse. And the attention people pay to their nutrition is getting even worse. And then... I fangirled a little bit afterwards and I was reading her stuff online and I came across this one quote, I guess, and it was like, we get minimum three opportunities to eat each day. So back in the caveman days, I guess we didn't get as many opportunities to eat, but now it's minimum. You have three meals a day, right? Mm. And people don't even consider how they can make those three opportunities the best yeah. that they can. Like three is not that many when you think about it. Mm. Like I get we snack and stuff, but overall we have three meals a day. And what are you doing to make those three meals the best? And I guess that is going to directly impact how you age. Like every single piece of food or whatever that you put into your body, your body uses... And that's just going to determine how, like, strong, I guess, how healthy your brain's going to be in 50 years' time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, when you were talking about how she, you know, all her mum, like, her mum and her mum and keep going back, they all suffered dementia, yep. Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Um, yeah, it's similar happened to my mum's mum and dad. Um which is pretty scary because I've sort of felt like they were healthy-ish. Um, but, yeah, when you go in and 
you, you'd you see them and they can't remember who you are. Yeah, especially when you're a young kid. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's very confronting. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what we do, like as in what we eat and do exercise and all that sort of stuff is so we can live as long as possible and as healthy as possible. Yeah. And the brain is playing a big part of that. Um, and it's, you know, it's scary when I see my mum doing things that I'm like, oh, fuck, I know that's going to affect yeah, like in, in 20, term. 30 years. And it's just like you can't really explain it because that generation's just like, well, that's what my parents did. But then, you know, I felt How like saying... How their, like, last 20 years of their life? Yeah. It was probably, like, the last 10 years. But it yeah, was, okay. it's, it's more like... Yeah, it, it is scary when you go in and see them and they just got no idea who you are. Like, they're, they're happier there, but they're, like, looking at you like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and it's, it's also, like, sad for them as well because they miss a big chunk of being a grandparent. Yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah. And, like, sometimes they would remember and then sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, which makes it even harder. Like, so, yeah, that's why I like to do everything now <laughs> to keep it as my brain healthy and... It's going to stay healthy as long as possible. Yeah. She did also emphasize that the things that you do, especially in middle age, so I believe that's between 31 and, say, 50-ish, that's sort of when you are setting in concrete for how your brain's going to be when you are older. Mm. So I guess prior to 31, you your brain still is developing to some degree and you're still changing and you still go through like big life moments like getting pregnant and stuff like that but then after that 31 to 35 ish bit to 50 did i say mm-hmm. yeah so i guess just and how like she did yeah, i remember you saying that alcohol was a big thing as well yes that's right so she doesn't drink one bit yeah and then she emphasized how important antioxidants are for keeping your brain healthy, which I guess relates back to having a colorful diet because you only get antioxidants from colored fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so Hazel, the host said like, what about when people say to you, oh, but I drink wine. So wine's got antioxidants in it because it's from grapes. And she's like, yeah, but the alcohol content of wine just outweighs the any benefits that you're ever going to get, the small amount of benefits you're going to get from the antioxidants in the grapes. Yeah. And she also brought up how important it is to keep your brain hydrated. So your brain's 80% water or 70% water. I've forgotten. I need more water right now. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's a lot of water though. It makes up your brain. And she was saying how quickly alcohol dehydrates you. By the time you feel like you need a drink when you're drinking alcohol like a glass of water your brain is basically like dried up roadkill you know because that's like the last place that you feel it and that would be you know the effects of alcohol it's not actually the alcohol affecting you it's probably just your brain dehydrating and not being able to function properly yeah hence why the whole trick of not trick but the thing that everyone says about drinking water in between every Mm. glass of alcohol I would say you probably nearly need to drink four glasses of water to counteract how much alcohol dehydrates you. Um, and it's funny, like, she's done so much work and study on this sort of stuff. And when, you know, she's obviously gone down and done the studies herself. And then she's like, I'm not drinking anymore. Yeah. And we're sort of like that as well. Like, the more you learn about alcohol, the more you're like... Why do I want it? I don't <laughs> want to put that in my body. 
Yeah. And that ha that's happened with several other foods as well, like takeaway and all that sort of stuff. The more you learn about, you know, the oils and stuff they use and how it affects your body, the more you just do not want to put that in your body. So again, education is probably the best thing here. The best motivation. I will put that show in the in our show notes <laughs> so you can definitely dive down that rabbit hole um, I'll try and link some stuff about protein as well the best I can for you guys without giving you too much away from in our group um, so make sure you head over to the show notes check all that stuff out go down your own rabbit hole and educate yourself of what you're doing to your body and what you're putting into it just look after your brain it's it's <laughs> the only one you've got all right Thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll talk to you all in Tuesday's show. Have a good weekend and bye.